This is Ashley Hodge with the Sikkim 365 post-game podcast coming to you after Baylor's 88-82 win against Auburn. Joined by Grayson Grunhafer. Uh, Grayson, good to have you on the podcast. We haven't done this in a while, but uh, we used to do this all the time. And uh, this was a great opening night for the Bears. They got a marquee matchup, trailed most of the game, uh, especially you know late first half, and then really turned it on with a great run to start the second half. And uh, we saw why these two freshmen, Eve Missy and uh, Jacoby Walter, and, you know, Miro Little, too, he, he didn't play much in the second half, maybe not at all. Uh, but we saw glimpses of why these freshmen have been talked about so much. Yeah, definitely. And, I, I mean, this was one of those games that I think, you know, from the early onset, you know, you saw Auburn's pressure, and it was relentless. And it was one of those things where it, it was kind of like Baylor just needed halftime to come quickly um, because you didn't want it to like snowball or anything like that. And Baylor made some good adjustments, but you could tell, you know, getting these new guys kind of acclimated because you mentioned the freshmen, but also all the transfers Baylor has on the roster, you know, it, it can take time to gel and things weren't perfect tonight, but I think you saw a team that plays really, really hard and also has a true identity about them. And I think that's the most encouraging thing that I saw um, from this win. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, there's there's so many good individual efforts we can call out, but um, I think the thing that was really great to see was just how competitive and when the game was on the line, uh, it, you know, it seemed like one program had a lot of composure and, and a lot of uh, fight and grit, and the other po- uh, program kind of, you know, faded a little bit. And uh, they were strong, you know, strong starters, but um, certainly – didn't make the plays down the stretch that they needed to to win the game. And I know that's going to be disappointing for them because I think they had a nine-point lead, um, well, halftime for sure. But did they extend – they might have pushed that out to maybe further than that. Maybe nine was the biggest lead. I'll have to go back and look. I think but, nine – yeah, nine was the biggest, and then Baylor immediately in the second half closed that gap. Right. Hey, Grayson, do you know who else had a nine-point lead? Gonzaga last year. Ooh. Yeah, Gonzaga oh, had yeah. it last year. I mean, it was later in the game before Adam Flagler and uh, Jalen Bridges had their heroics later in the game to help seal that win. But um, and and Keontae George was big too. But yeah, they had, they had a nine point. Anytime he plays Drew Timmy, <laughs> yes, <laughs> Texas and Drew Timmy. If we could only have had him play those those opponents every single time, we would have gotten some huge outputs from him for sure. Yeah, you know, it it was it was really an encouraging sign. I think we got I mean, Scott Drew's got to be really happy with with that game because he saw what his team was made of when they got down. You know, he saw that they didn't fold. I got, you know, like you said earlier, I mean, Auburn's pressure is probably as good as it is in the country and their depth. You know, they returned I think six of their top 8 players, a lot of experienced guys. Uh, Holloway was a terrific freshman, made deep deep threes. Uh, really put some stress on our defense. And yet, you know, our guys really rose to the occasion. And, you know, particularly Jaden Nunn. I know, you know, he didn't have the best offensive night, uh, but he was tremendous handling the ball. His defense down the stretch was incredible. You know, he, he really got, you know, put on Holloway and just pretty much shut him down when the game was on the line. Made that one, you know, ripped him and uh, got a wide open layup and, and blew that, you know, just like Josh. Yeah, Josh fumbled a, a wide open dunk himself. So, I mean, there's some jitters, you know, and, and that's not that unexpected. 
Obviously, Eve Missy made incredible plays down the stretch. Jacoby Walter was was great when Baylor needed him to be great to keep him in the game. Uh, Ray J. Dennis, rough first half. Uh, seven turnovers. I don't think you'll ever see Ray J. Dennis do that again. He takes care of the ball. He's he's really good in that area. You know, against Davion Mitchell and, and Jared Butler this summer, I think Coach Drew told me he had, like, some scrimmages where he was, like, 17 assists and one turnover. Uh, but today, you could tell he didn't play in the Gonzaga scrimmage, and he was just really rattled. But, you know, he, he turned around and, and turned it over zero times in, in the second half, and that, and, that was, and that was huge. Yeah, you know, Ashley, I think, you know, when I watched the first half, I haven't gotten to see Ray J play a ton, but when I watched that first half, you can tell he plays at a much slower pace than I kind of thought that he would. Right. Um, and I think it costs him a little bit against this Auburn team because they're so frenetic and so frantic. It felt like because he was playing so slow and so patient, it kind of closed up some of the passing lanes at times. It made him kind of, you know, I, I think react a little bit slower than normal. And maybe that's from not playing in the Gonzaga game as well. But I noticed in the second half, them pressing gave them energy on the offensive side. And I felt like they played faster, kind of got the ball up the court quicker. Right. Um, and I, I think that really helped them and helped Ray J kind of get in the flow of the game. And I know he didn't play a ton because of the fouls, but he was certainly uh, in more control. And then, I mean, the biggest thing, you mentioned Nunn and Ray J as well. Um, obviously, Eve was was great late too, but you know, specifically Ray J and Jaden Nunn late in the game, that's what these guys were brought in to do. Right. And Nunn really took control on the defensive side with his ability to guard the best player on the other team, the best scorer. And then Ray J hit the three-pointer, which looked great, went to the free throw line, made clutch free throws, just calm, cool, and collected. And I think that was really, really important to see uh, these older guys who didn't have the best game ever by any stretch of the imagination, we're going to see better stuff from them. But to see them late when it mattered during winning time really step up, I think that is just a a huge sign and a great sign for this Baylor team going forward. Yeah, there's there's no question. I, I think the um, couple key stats to me, I believe Baylor had 11, maybe 12 turnovers at half and only ends up with 14. And a lot of that's with Ray J out of the game because he um, picked up that fourth foul and had to sit, you know, 10 minutes or so. So uh, Jaden Nunn did a terrific job handling the, the point guard responsibilities. He ends up with three assists and, and zero turnovers and had three steals also. Um, and then and then getting to the foul line, you know, this is a key emphasis uh, for the team this year, and I think they're built to do that. And, you know, like they talked about on the uh, broadcast, and you'll, you'll hear it ad nauseum, uh, during the college basketball games early season, you know they're they're taking away the uh, charge calls uh, that that you're used to getting, and and they're going to side with the offense on most of those. And you have to you know be set for a long period of time, or somebody's have to clear you out with an elbow, or you know like a hook uh, in order to get that that charge call. Um, but at the same time, they're giving some the def- defenders, you know, the ability to guard vertically. And if they go straight up and down, even if there's contact, they're not you're not giving the offensive player that, you know. So those are emphasis, and we saw that tonight, you know, quite a few times. Uh, but you know, Baylor gets to the free throw line a lot. They they racked up a ton of fouls, and really the difference in the game was that Baylor made ten more free throws than Auburn did because the stats are pretty similar uh, across the board. You know, Auburn shot 44% from the field. Baylor shot 43. 
Auburn was 47% from three-pointers, nine for 19. Baylor was nine for 19. Rebounds, 36 to 35 uh, for, for Baylor. You know, so so the stats are, are 14 to 14 on the turnovers. So getting to the free throw line was the difference. Uh, Auburn did have more assists. I think Baylor only had like three assists in the first half and, and too much, you know, just um, dribbling without, you know, without purpose maybe. And, you know, just because the pressure was so extreme. Mm-hmm. But in that second half, they really they really uh, did a good job distributing, had seven assists, and, and you'll take that. Yeah, and they were playing really far out because of that Auburn pressure. And in the second half, they did a much better job of catching the basketball and having an idea of where they were going to go with the basketball. Now, none did bounce the life out of the ball a little bit too much. Yeah. I'd like to see that kind of change, um, and I think it will. Uh, first game jitters, but – one thing that I mentioned, you know, in the game thread as people were kind of, you know, bashing none a little bit, bashing Ray J just a little bit. I think that it's important to note what Baylor couldn't do last year and what was very evident they want to do and can do this year against a good defensive team. And that's get in the paint. Right. And Jaden Nunn, while he wasn't efficient today, he got in the paint an awful lot and created a lot of opportunities for rebounds or open looks for guys just by moving the defense and making them shift and rotate. Um, Baylor's guards were too little last year to get into the lane and it cost them at times. And yes, they were better shooters, but like you saw it in this game, Ray J got in the lane when he needed to Jacoby Walter got in the lane. Jalen Bridges attacking the lane as well. Langston love, like everyone made a concerted effort to attack the paint. And I think that's a huge shift from last year's team to this year's team. And it's going to be really, really important, especially as the season goes on and you start losing your legs a little bit and your shooting sometimes goes through ups and downs. What doesn't go away is the ability to get close, good shots and also rebound the basketball off those good shots. Yeah. Yeah. Great points. Are you ready for some uh, message board geniuses, Baylor style? Let's do it. (laughs) A lot Can't of these, a lot of the, yeah, a lot of these guys are my friends, and I hate to call them out. I'll call myself out if I if I give a ridiculous take. But these these are mostly in the first half in the game thread. Okay, Baylor Baylor Bala, uh, still zero rim protection. Uh, oh no! Yeah, son of a bear. I was told Missy oh. was a rim defender. Okay, oh, so, so I, obviously there was a second half to play, and uh, hopefully they listen to this and and become a little bit more uh, measured in their comments going forward. All right. This yeah, is, I mean, um, can we talk about the fact that Eve's Missy gets the crazy dunk on one, then one end of the court, then comes down and blocks the shot on the other. Yeah. End of the court. I mean, he literally just, I think he just ripped the soul out of <laughs> Auburn on those two plays. Like the game was over after those two plays. Yeah. It I know. Was like, he it was wild. Yeah. He really, he really put on a show uh, down the stretch. No question about it. And, you know, Langston Love made some we, – we haven't talked about him. He made some really big threes, and that was good to see, you know. And uh, also, you know, he gets to the foul line. You know, I, I, lo- I, I love what Rhett Langston brings to the table. He had one play in the first half where he drove it and missed the reverse layup. But by doing that, he created an easy offensive rebounding opportunity. I think Josh was the one that put it back in. Good things happen yeah, when Josh he takes the Yeah, Josh needs to dunk that, by the way. Like I agree. That, he just kind of floated it up there. I just, I, you know, I saw what Eve's, you know, going in and dunking it and, and all physical and, and all that. And I'm expecting, I was kind of expecting Josh to take that step maybe. Yeah. 
I just I don't know if I quite see that yet. So, I mean, just a, a side note there. I did want to mention Jacoby Walter set a Baylor freshman record for a debut with 28 yeah. points. So, He's obviously, I know he said he played good and, and all that. But, it, my goodness, it's so, I mean, he was tremendous. It's so efficient. <laughs> like, it, you know, I mean, he's a freshman. He made some mistakes. He got beat on a back door. You know, I, but every shot he took, I thought, was in within the flow of the game. I mean, he was just, you know, unafraid, you know, just taking really good, high-quality shots, played tough, mixed it yeah, up. Yeah, it's all within the offense, yeah. right? It's all within the flow. And then 10 of 10 at the free-throw line, that's special. That's a heck of a day at the free-throw line. I, You know, I never thought I would like a freshman player at Baylor more than I like Jeremy Sohan, but I'm sorry. <laughs> Jeremy may be taking a backseat by the end of the season based on oh, what I've seen from Jacoby. For sure. Yeah, Jeremy. What I saw from Eves, man. Yeah. He might I mean, be second. Well, those two guys are, <laughs> are going to be competing for that, no question about it. And, and there's been so many great freshmen. You know, obviously, Keontae was great. Uh, Kendall Brown was really good. Isaiah uh -huh. Austin. I mean, there, you can go on and on. Lace Dunn was a great as a freshman, but. I mean, what Jacoby brings to the table is, is you know, just next level, special, in my opinion. Uh, enjoy him this year. you got uh, yeah. hopefully 39 more games to watch him. And uh, it would be really cool if he goes 40-0 and and becomes the number one pick in the draft. That would be awesome. Another top 16 pick, <laughs> and then he'll be another lottery pick for Baylor as well. I think the commentators were saying something like, oh, yeah, you know, some NBA draft experts have him number 17, and I'm like – yeah. What experts have they been looking at? Everywhere I look, have him right around like nine or ten. With some, I've seen one or two with top five, but seventeen. I was like, man, that is that's very low. I hope Trey was watching this, Trey Johnson, because come on, Trey, let's. Uh, yeah. What kind of choice do you have here? Let's let's be serious. <laughs> Scott Drew, Rodney Terry, come on. Okay, uh, Streets well, of Gold. And, and Ashley, quick note, just because you mentioned tr mentioned Trey, yes. did you know they mentioned Mike Miller today as being a big influence for kind of the development there in South Dakota, and he lives like or he grew up like fifty miles away. Huh. And isn't he like connected to Trey as his agent or something along those yeah, lines? Yeah, maybe. I that, that sounds right. Yeah, like because I yeah. know he does some sort of agency stuff, but I don't know kind of the ins and outs of that. But I thought it was interesting because I know that I huh. think someone's mentioned they're connected on some level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just an interesting note. Yeah, that sounds right to me. Okay, Streets of Gold. Auburn found the rhythm and more comfortable after some jitters, and they've rolled since that moment. There's a good chance we lose this game by 14 plus. Not good. Let's hope we come out focused and ready to cut down on the sloppy play. I responded, if you give me Baylor plus 14 to end the game, I'll take that bet for $100. Um, and and then 10-yard uh, cushion says, Pearl is betting our big men suck on offense, and he is correct. All right, good job. Mm. Good job with those comments, guys. Um, yeah, I do think, you know, the role man part, um, I just, again, they were playing so far out. It's really hard when you're asking your big man to catch the ball basically at the three-point line. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, that was that was pretty difficult to to watch, and they changed that in the second half. It, it really opened up some things. I did feel like the big guys were open a few more times, um, and they were just kind of missed, or you know, you're you're kind of a little bit nervous after you turn the ball over so much. I felt like the guards were a little afraid to make those passes yeah. at times in the second half, but I think that'll clean up, and they're going to get some really good looks. And to see Eves catch the ball the way that he does. I mean, it is special. Well, that's uh, the I thing. Mean, I mean, you can throw the ball 
you know, we we I, have you seen this guy named Victor Wimagana play before? <laughs> I know you're a big Santa I've seen him person. play a lot, and yeah. the Spurs just throw it up. Yeah, just throw it up to him. Well, and you know, John Jacobs has talked about this on podcasts before with me. You know, vertical spacing, like you know, uh, Udoka Azubuki, the 35 year old. Um, junior senior for Kansas like they used to just throw it up high to him and and it's impossible to guard you know that's it's like you know vertical spacing and we have that with Eve and we have that with uh Josh and you know you know and on a sour note it's sad to see that you know John I, you could just tell I mean just from those early couple uh, moments in the first half that he's just not moving the way that he used to move I mean we just need to pray for that nerve to regenerate I know it's probably low odds at this point, but man, I just wish so much that, you know, he could be back to his old self because such a special guy and, and just pains me to see him, you know, not doing the things he, you know, doing what he loves and, and, you know, knowing the work that he puts into it. So I'm just hoping that there's a good outcome there, but, uh, yeah. And he was on the bike for a while. Yeah. Is it, I mean, was this, I mean, in the scrimmages or what you know, was was he playing more than this, or was he just? Is this well? I mean, is this just I mean kind the of stat, daily... the stats leaked for the you know both scrimmages, but um, in the Gonzaga scrimmage, he was like minus nineteen, I think, in in the time he was in there. So I'm sure I didn't see any video at all, but I'm I'm just making assumptions that you know it's just he's just not moving, you know, guarding the way he needs to, and you know, can't yeah. be active on the glass like he, like he needs to be. I mean, it's just, you know, he's just not, you know, I think it's just all injury related. You know, if, if he, if that nerve regenerates and he gains his athleticism that he used to have, then, then it's a whole different story. But, um, uh, so far that hasn't happened and we just hope it does for him. And it's going to be hard to take, I mean, even with John playing closer to that level, it's going to be hard to take Eves off the court well, um, later yeah. in the season, but, You'd like to have he and John because they're they're so they're just so different right. in some of the things that they can do. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, if he can't go, then you're going to have to play a lot more Josh O and even Caleb Loner. Yep. Which is fine. They've earned that. You know, they're good. Okay. Um, Ten yard cushion. Another one. He says no dogs again. And I I responded to that. What? <laughs> Laughing out loud. He goes. I hope they prove me wrong. But there's a whole lot of passivity going on. I I think we could safely say that Jacoby Walter is a dog. Ray J. Dennis is a dog. Jaden Nunn is a dog. Langston loves a dog. Eve is a, a dog. Yeah, Jalen Bridges is a dog. We got dogs. That's that's not an yes. issue. I mean I think I think not they I you know even in the first half I didn't I thought that was an unfair comment. Eight eight rebounds for uh Jalen. Uh that was great. You know, he, he started off making his first two threes. I think he missed his last four but uh, no turnovers, two steals, had a nice block early in the game. Uh, so just an, another efficient day at the office for Jalen Bridges. Uh, good to see him, 13 points. Took, took it strong to the hole a couple times and, you know, made a nice little off-balance shot and then got fouled, I think, you know, maybe once or twice uh, on his drive. So that that's all good to yeah, see. Yeah, he's going to be huge this year because, like, the things that he does, they're – I just I don't even know if there's another guy on the team that does kind of the everything that he does. You know, the versatility, the the rebounding, the defense. Like he does so many little things for this team, and they don't have a lot of guys at that size with that kind of versatility. Uh, he's going to be extremely important this year. He, he I mean, 
I don't know if he'll, he's their most important player. That's probably Jacoby or Ray J, but I, I think he's right there with what he brings to the table uh, on both ends of the floor. He, he had a sneaky good game tonight, even though I know efficiency, it wasn't elite, but I felt like there were some things and some positive signs that we saw. And he got some open looks that I think he's going to make later in the season because his stroke does look uh, confident from the three-point line. Yeah, I agree. All right, here we go. Uh, Gold Texan, we're, we're going to get beat by the better team today. Room for improvement, but it looks like we're going to get beat. Um, and this is a Auburn's ten, not the better team. Ten yard That's cushion, just, man. He he yeah. he was on a, he was on a roll. Uh, Tang was the dog, and, and of course he's saying this after oh. Tang got trucked in his opener. So, <laughs> um, let's see, Crash Davis. Oh, this is this is just funny. Baylor basketball doesn't feel the same without L.J. Cryer sitting on the bench in a full, in a full body cast. <laughs> That's pretty oh, good. You know, Ashley, I did want to mention this because they brought it up, and I'm sure you knew this already. Ray J. Dennis hasn't missed a game of college basketball in his career yeah. or something along those yeah, lines. Yeah, no. Is... 100%. Yeah. Wow. He, yeah, he's he has uh, played every single game. You know, I, I – our browse was was really good at the uh, little one liners, but he would always say the best abilities, availability, and and Ray J's you know giving you that, and you know that that's nice because because we've had issues with you know staying healthy, and there's no guarantee. I mean, Big Twelve's a grind. If he right. misses games, you know that's that's you know so be it. It was really great to see Jaden Nunn play so well running the offense, and, and we know Merrill Merrill Little can do that too, especially with more experience, but. Um, you know, I think we've got options there and, uh, you know, Ray J, um, certainly has, has been Mr. Durable so far in his college career and hopefully that'll continue. Yeah. They, they're going to need, they're going to need him because I liked what none brought to the table, but they don't really have another facilitator that I feel extremely confident in right. yet. I, I think Miro can get there. Um, Grimes kind of had a rough a rough go um, when he was in the game. Um, yeah, but you would, limited sample like, size, but yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, but you'd like to see a little bit more from those two, and, and we'll see. As the season goes on, especially in these non-conference games, we should, but yep. I just don't know they have another natural point guard. I know none was fine, but I don't know that he's a natural point guard. Yeah. I, I No, I agree. I mean, I think – I mean, but he did a pretty good job when he needed – when he, he was called into action. I mean, so much yeah. so that they didn't bring Little in, you know. I mean, they, they were totally confident with Jaden running the show. Um, right. Little had a great play in the first half. Into the shot clock, you know, instead of settling for a fadeaway jumper or a contested three, he realizes the time and situation, drives it to the rim, gets, gets, a, gets a, a, you know, a score there. That was big. I thought Caleb Lohner off the bench gave us really good energy. Um, a couple big offensive rebounds. One of them, I believe, was a kickout three uh, to, to Langston. Langston. Yeah, that yeah. was huge. Uh, Josh had had an offensive rebound that led to a kickout three to Langston, I believe. Um, all good stuff. You know, we, we mentioned Jacoby Walter, three offensive rebounds. That was big. Uh, very active on the glass. Six rebounds for him. Only two turnovers, handled the ball quite a bit. No assist, but uh, he did um, only turn the ball over twice. And again, you know, Ray J had seven of the 14 turnovers and all in the first half, no no turnovers in the second half. So I, I don't think we're going to see very many plus five turnover games from Ray J, and, and I would venture to say we, we may not see it again. 
Uh, so congratulations, Auburn. Well, Hang a banner that you were able to get them to turn it over seven times in the first Yeah, and, and honestly, I don't think they're going to see this kind of pressure again in the non-conference. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, There's some Big 12 teams that will, but but I, th- I mean, they'll be, they'll be ready the for it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. I just I see a lot of teams that are going to be a little bit a little bit different as far as pressuring the basketball and a little bit different defensively yep. um, than Auburn and Auburn's known for that. Like you look oh, around yeah. the SEC, there's a few teams: Arkansas, Tennessee. You know, some teams that really get up and guard you. Yeah. You know, all across half court. And so this is a great. I mean, this was a great test for Baylor, and the way they responded uh, was honestly even better, even without Ray J for a lot of the second half. I, I was very impressed, and it sets up a nice. I think path forward as, you know, they get a few cupcake games in here, but they're going to have some really, really tough challenges, even though that Michigan State one's looking a little a little less challenging. Than oh, no. Originally did. I mean, going to Detroit, <laughs> yeah. No, I think uh, I would I would almost guarantee that Tom Izzo will have his team much improved uh, by that game. And uh, we know Florida, you know, if they, if they get by Oregon, Oregon State and end up playing Florida in the championship of that um, – you know, Thanksgiving tournament, that's going to be a tough game. And then, of course, uh, the Duke game is, is obviously going to be mm-hmm. tough. Who, who are you rooting for in that one? Between who? Baylor and Duke. <laughs> Stop. Stop with that. <laughs> I, I, never, I, don't, I can never remember. Is it, is it, oh, is it Baylor first, Duke it's, second, Purdue it's Baylor, third? Baylor, then it's Purdue, and then it's a huge cliff of everyone else. <laughs> I, just, I just grew up like watching Duke of the Blue Bloods. You know, growing up, Purdue didn't win much. Um, Texas didn't win much. My dad went, got his NBA at Texas, so cheered for them a little bit. Right. But Purdue did not win much. So I had to pick someone to be like, hey, they might actually win it. Um, but no, no, no. It, it's all Baylor and then Purdue and then everyone else. Okay, I'll take your word for it. Purdue looked <laughs> good. They look really good in their open. I mean, you know, at Sanford, but uh... – well, I mean, they got the player of the year. He's yeah, I was, I was thinking Zach Loveday might might have been the better Zach in that game, but that did not come to fruition. <laughs> Speaking of that, the, yeah. the Baylor curse is alive and well. Uh, I think Dale Bonner ended up with zero points. He, he did stuff the stat sheet in other ways, and we love Dale. Dale's an awesome, awesome guy, integral part of our program. But uh, – not the best debut for him, you know, from a scoring standpoint. LJ Cryer, what do you end up like three for twenty four or <laughs> like three for nineteen? It was a bad shooting day for him. Right. Yeah, I mean, but they played great defense. Didn't watch a second of it. It was you know. Dane Danger played good in a uh, closed scrimmage against Kansas for what that's worth. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was that was an exhibition game, and I think he only played like eight minutes or something because Hunter yeah, Dickinson took a cheap shot. To. Yeah, right. And then, uh, and then we got Jordan Turner. I think he might have scored a point, zero, maybe zero points. And then, of course, where's Zach. he at? Uh, he's at Louisiana Tech. And then Zach Loveday was at Sanford. Yes. Oh wow! Yeah, he That's didn't play cool. a whole lot um, in that game. Okay. He got some. He got some minutes, and uh, I, I think he scored a. I think he scored a basket, but I, but I have to go back and look and research it. Yeah. Zach Eady only played 20 minutes, so yeah. it was an off night for him. 16, 11, and 4 in 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, he's something else, no doubt about it. Well, we got our own special uh, center. Uh, Eve Missy's definitely got some yeah. great qualities. Josh, you know, I think has a lot of potential, uh, did some good things tonight. And uh, hopefully John can 
can, you know, get to a point where he's, you know, great part of this team. Uh, but uh, overall, a uh, pretty exciting game. I, I really felt like it was a great college basketball game. I'm not just saying that because Baylor won it. When, when Ray J. Cool. Dennis hit that three, I said that in the game thread. I said, whoever wins this game, this is a great college game. This is fun. You know, this is this is what it should be like. And I'm not going to be, you know, too bothered either way. We, we know these games. I mean, they're, everything matters. Like you want to you want to train your uh, your team to win, and especially win close close games like this. But you know, it's 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 a, it's a great you know experience for both teams to to go you know to have a high level battle like that. You just you just don't learn too much about your team uh, playing all these bye games. You you learn a lot more when you play this type of competition. Definitely. And I, I mean, honestly, I know there's been a lot of talk about this on various podcasts I've listened to, and I, I felt this way for a long time, but for Monday, you know, being the start of the year, I mean, to have the slate that college basketball had yeah. on Monday, yeah, it's just super disappointing. Yeah, Like no one wants, no one wants to watch that on opening. Day. Well, like, I'm yeah, obviously. Yeah. Obviously Abilene Christian upsets Oklahoma state and James Madison upsets, um, Michigan State. There was upsets. I mean, you're always going to have that. Florida Gulf Coast uh, took, you know, Indiana to the wire tonight. And um, Missouri State, West Virginia was a good game. West Virginia pulled away late. But, but yeah, I mean, these these are the games that players want to play in. Um, you know, South Dakota is an incredible venue. Uh, I'm sure the Baylor fans that were there for the first time tonight will will certainly attest to that. Just overall, just a really fun, fun night of basketball and a, and a high-level game that was back and forth and uh, no team ever led by more than 10 points. You know, just, just a competitive, hard-fought game and uh, great to see the Bears come out on the winning end of this. Okay, let's let's yeah, talk about Bruce both Pearl. Both teams will be tournament teams. Too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, Bruce Pearl, you know, he was saying some things in the, in the pregame video <laughs> that, you know, he was really upset that they didn't <laughs> – Baylor didn't share secret scrimmage video of A&M and Gonzaga. And, you know, so therefore he didn't show the secret scrimmage of Furman or his um, exhibition game against Alabama or Auburn Montgomery. I don't know, man. This, to me, this seems so weak. Like he, he was citing like NABC, uh, National Association of Basketball Coaches etiquette that you do that that you share at least one you know set of film. I mean, of course he wants that. I mean that this is way more advantageous for him than it is for Baylor. I mean, you give Baylor film of their scrimmage against Furman, who they, who they beat you know one ten to seventy seven, and you know you're exchanging film of two you know teams that are similar to Auburn. You know so. Right. I mean, that's just there's no comparison, and and like who like I've never heard film being exchanged on a secret scrimmage. That just sounds you know crazy to me. Yeah, I think I think that that's just a sign of a coach that was very worried about the fact that he didn't quite know what Baylor was going to look like because right. they got so many new pieces. I, I think he just really wanted to see, you know, what do these guys do well and everything like that. And that's great and all, but I mean, Baylor's not inclined to share anything. And especially not after, you know, them having to play two top, probably top, at least top 15 teams in Gonzaga and a maybe even better than that. We'll see how the season goes. But I think that that's pretty ridiculous. And he showed, I mean, he was so frustrated late in that game, as was his team. 
um, they take the identity of their head coach. And unfortunately, when things started to unravel, um, they started to unravel. I mean, you got Jacoby Walter getting in the head of, you know, the best player on Auburn's team and forcing him to, you know, say some words and get a technical. And, I mean, it just is what it is. You know, Baylor was calm, cool, and collected late. Auburn was not. And that's why Baylor was the better, you know, basketball team on the day. Yeah. Well, I, I, I would bet um, – I, I, I should stop betting. This is uh, <laughs> investing for people that are bad at math. But I, I, I would say that um, Bruce Pearl – said something either about the, the film exchange again in the post game or more, more likely he made a comment about the foul disparity, you know, and I'm sure he's going to do it in a way that doesn't complain, you know, doesn't get him fined. Uh, but you know, he's going to say something about the foul disparity, Be- you know, but, but it's like the Bob Huggins thing. If you foul every single possession, then of course you're going to end up with more fouls than, than your opponent. I mean, that's just part of the whole thing is that you just hope the refs have foul fatigue, you know, by the end of the season or by the, you know, just, they're just sick of calling a foul every single time down, down uh, the court. So it's not a terrible strategy, especially if you have depth, but yeah. And I mean, their style is attacking on defense, right? They're getting up in your face. You're exactly right. So, I mean, you're going to get fouls naturally that way. And honestly, Baylor did a much better job in the second half of, you know, when they caught the basketball, you know, getting forward and, and taking a dribble. And that that was kind of putting Auburn in bad positions defensively where they're just kind of running into Baylor players. And yep. that's a foul. Like, it just is. And you can't be doing that. You're running around out of control. They did a lot. In fact, Auburn was almost in the bonus early in the second half. And everyone was a little nervous about it. And then about two minutes later, Baylor had caught them, you know, in team fouls because Auburn was just fouling so quickly. So you're exactly right. That, that's a ridiculous thing. If you're going to play defense like they were, you're going to get fouls. And also, to be honest, you know, I, I felt like, you know, Baylor was a little bit more disciplined, especially late uh, with their challenging and their defense and sliding their feet in positional defense. They were just a little bit sharper late in the game than yeah. Auburn was. Yeah, no, yeah, it's good stuff. All right. Well, I know you need to get up and coach uh, pickleball. What are you? What are you coaching in the morning? You told me. <laughs> no, I'm coaching uh, some middle schoolers in basketball. Yes, yeah, middle school basketball. Eighth graders. Yeah, it'll be a, a great time. A, a little bit lower level basketball than this, but pretty confident by the end of the year. You know, we'd be given uh, both these teams to run for their money. A <laughs> <laughs> quick, quick story. I remember I coached. I was asked to coach a seventh grade team and. Uh, you know, just getting them to go through a layup line was a challenge and, and just trying to teach them like the, you know, the basics of the game. These, these, a lot of these guys had never played basketball before. So, so it wasn't like they were, you know, put with a ball in their hands and, 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 you know, grew, grew up playing rec ball or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I remember like um, playing this team and they go on an out of bounds play and they, they were they were moving the ball really well. I, was, I could tell this was a you know well prepared, well coached team. And they said four, and I'm like, okay, that's interesting. So so they execute the play perfectly, get a layup, and the next time down they have an out of bounds play, and they say two, and they get like an easy like you know jump shot, and you know executed it perfectly. And then and then the next time down they're like one, they run a different play, get another layup. I'm like, how in the world do you have time to set up four? out of bounds plays for seventh graders i'm just teaching these kids how to like what's a turnover and you know what's a pass and and you know let's let's try to box out like this team's working right. on 
like multiple out of bounds plays. I was like, I was blown away. I was like, okay, this is not. Yeah, I, I ran into that last year, but my worst story was it was the first game of the year, so we hadn't really put in anything because we'd only had one practice. So it was like just layup lines and all that. And then we show up in the first game. The team we're playing, no joke, Ashley, in a middle school basketball game where you're trying to like get kids better and teach them the fundamentals, the team that we were playing ran a 3-2 zone. <laughs> In middle school basketball, oh it was the most embarrassing thing I've ever seen in my life. Like, if you're going to press, great. If you're going to do all that, that's awesome. But if you're not teaching your kids how to play man defense, <laughs> that is absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> These guys were just packing the paint, run this stupid 3-2 zone, and my kids are turning the ball over all over the place because it's like, what do you do? You just jack up a three or you pass the ball into the middle, but obviously it's hard to get kids to, to do that and right. learn that. So. I was so frustrated by that. And then, of course, we got to go out and we got to practice, you know, running an offense against a 3-2 defense that no one runs at the high school level <laughs> ever. But whatever. Great coaching. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, good stuff. All right. You've been listening to a Sikkim 365 postgame podcast after Baylor's exciting 88-82 to win over Auburn. They're 1-0. You can't go 40-0 until you go 2-0. Beat John Brown Thursday. Uh, the opener for the quick turnaround. I think that's the scream game, right? It's 11 o'clock yeah. tip. Yeah. I will not be there in person, but I'm very proud of my son. He's got a class. He's a, he's a freshman at Baylor. He's got a class that ends at 1045. He's going to slide on over to the feral and he'll be there in the, uh, with the student section cheering the bears on. So the Hodge house will be represented. I take it. You're not going to be at that game. Grayson. I will not be at that one. No, maybe Tuesday games, but uh, not that one. Yes. All right, you've been listening to a Sikkim 365 podcast with Ashley Hodge and Grayson Grunaver, Sikkim Bears.